There's a tension in discipleship between how much we're able to accomplish on our own uh, and how much we need God to break in with His grace. Unfortunately, there's no formula for this. Uh, I'm not going to give you one. Uh, This podcast isn't going to give you one. But the fact is that God wants to bring greater freedom in each of our lives as we grow in our relationship with Him. On today's episode, I have my friend and fellow missionary, Bridget Bonifant, talking about the freedom that she's seeing the Lord bringing in people right now. Freedom to fight for the kingdom and for others that are in bondage. I love Bridget's heart for seeking the lost and bringing them into a life-giving, joyful relationship with Christ. This is Rise and Live. So, Bridget, I would love to maybe start off just hearing some of how you ended up getting into full-time mission work. Uh, I assume, you know, at some point in college, you met the Lord. Mm -hmm. How did you kind of end up coming out of college and doing this Mm full-time? Yeah, so um, I connected to UCO, obviously. I connected as a freshman, and I was really blessed to have already met the Lord early on. Yeah, that's huge. I was raised in, like, a really faithful family and was introduced to this idea of having a personal relationship with the Lord. Um, I always sort of point back to really establishing that relationship in high school, actually in my time in, in youth group. But I always say though, that I, I just didn't really have the tools to go deeper until my experience connecting to UCO in college. Um, and one of the main things I really experienced actually was through the charismatic gifts that, you know, were really open to in UCO was the the women around me bringing the Lord's word to me and helping me to grow the depth of my relationship with the Lord in a deeper way. Um, and actually experiencing freedom from a lot of things that I needed, Mm. uh, as a college student. So, so first experiencing that on my own and then, um, started serving both with UCO and then with, uh, my local church on Grand Valley's campus. Um, and both in those settings, I was starting to work with younger women. I was mm-hmm. like meeting up with women. I was leading kind of some really low key chill small groups um, <laughs> where I cool. could do whatever the heck I wanted, yes. which is maybe dangerous. But it was like pretty early on. I just realized, man, I love, I just loved it. I loved working mm-hmm. with people. I loved working with women in particular. And I just received so much life from having that role in someone's life where you could encourage them in their relationship with the Lord. Like actually, you know, leading a small group of women who came from insanely different backgrounds, but would come together and say, man, I just, I want to grow in the Lord. I want to know the Lord better. And I didn't even have any idea how to do that again. I started doing that as like a sophomore. I had (laughs) no idea what I was doing, Yeah, but it was just this crazy experience of, I found that the Lord could use me in that setting and I could encourage them. But also I did nothing and the Lord still worked because, you know, we were faithful to meeting or whatever. Yeah, that's great. So it was having a lot of experiences like that, working with women, um, taking on leadership within mission, where I really started to say, man, I'm more excited about this than anything else in my life. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. And as far as career went, I was always, I never had this very clear vision of what I wanted to do. So experience the Lord kind of planting some seeds and desires to do mission. I would say my junior year is when I started to really take that seriously and look at it. 
and then was discerning a number of different directions and um, felt the Lord give me a really particular call to work for UCO for a number of different reasons and applied to do my mission year and the rest is history. That's right. They sent you to Ann Arbor. They sent me to Ann Arbor. <laughs> they kicked me out of Grand Rapids. That's right. <laughs> no, it's been great. It's funny how the Lord loves to call men and women into mission that like, they feel like, why am I here? Or like, mm-hmm. what, what do I bring into, yeah. into this environment? I remember my first, when I was in the dorms helping run prayer times, mm. I thought, what do I even say or do right now? Yeah. And for whatever reason, God would move. Yeah. And I would think... I don't know why is he using me to do this and yet he is. Yeah. I think that's a good humble disposition to have in this work. Absolutely. And it's also funny, like, um, because I experienced the Lord using me, which was wild, Mm. but I also experienced that serving in that particular way, like being faithful to serving others and wanting to be the Lord's instrument. He used that for me, like directly for my own growth as well. Um, I remember Joseph Matthias gave a talk at one of my first ever staff trainings. And he said, <laughs> he was talking about, if any of you feel like, like unworthy, like you're not supposed to be here. Um, and he was kind of like, have you ever thought maybe the Lord called you into this? Not just like for what you can contribute to the kingdom of God, but because he actually wanted this for you for yeah. the needs of your growth. And I just remember being like, are you looking for a raise of hands? Cause I was like, <laughs> you start yeah. looking around the room. Like, wait, is like, anybody else? called me out. <laughs> I felt so seen. Um, cause that has been my experience from yeah. day one is like, Whoa, the Lord uses this to get at something very specific in my life. Yep. So anyways. Yeah. And if we were in different jobs or in different roles, yeah, it would look very different, but yeah. The same thing is what he desires is, yeah. is for our hearts, just mm-hmm. as much as he wants everything else that we can do for yeah, him. Absolutely. Yep. So maybe as you've been serving the Lord in full-time work, what's something that you're really inspired in that you're seeing God do right mm-hmm. now? Yeah. Um, so some of it, I guess, does, now that I'm thinking about it, it does sort of stem back mm. to a lot of what I experienced the Lord do in my life in college, which was just this work of deeper freedom in my life. Um particularly as a young college student, like my freshman and sophomore year. um, I just was bound up by a lot of things, mostly just fear. I just like remember experiencing a lot of fear, a lot of anxiety um, in a number of different areas of my life. And um, having people who could come alongside me and help bring those things to the Lord and experience freedom Mm -hmm. is really what changed my life in a lot of ways. Amen. Um, and so we need, yeah. And so as I've, you know, part of that's partially what has been one of the things that's inspired me as I've been working for UCO and doing full-time mission with women. But, um, one of the walls I kind of kept running into in my work with UCO, particularly working with women is trying to motivate women to do mission, you know, it's kind of part of my role as the women's <laughs> director and something I just from day one felt like, I don't know how to do this. I don't know mm. how to like inspire women, inspire my students to, to want to serve people in this way, to mm. want to do mission. I can't like light this fire under them and I don't know why. <laughs> um, and I was at a, a conference with my local community a couple of years, a year and a half ago, maybe. And Sue Cummins, who's just 
a wonderful powerhouse. She's an amazing woman. She just yeah. like blew me up. She gave a session on freedom. Um, and the kind of main point of the talk was, um, this idea that we are freed to fight. So when the Lord frees us, he frees us up in order to actually fight, um, in a particular way. And I just remember sitting there and some other people who were there with me can attest to this. I was like getting blown up. I was like (laughs) freaking out because it clicked all these things in my mind. This, this wall of like, how do I motivate women? It clicked this thing of like, okay, actually. And I saw this when I reflected on my own life, we can't really serve. We can't give our lives in service or in mission when we're bound up in particular ways, especially when we're bound up in fear or insecurities or anxieties or sin in our life. Um, when we are in bondage, there's no way we can really serve freely and give freely. Um, and so this idea of like, Oh my gosh, that's the key. Like that's actually the answer is there's all these, it's all these women. There's all these students on our campuses in our outreaches Mm -hmm. who they're actually living in bondage, you know, under the surface, there's, there's some things where they're just not free and they might not even realize that they might not kind of be awake to that. And so part of my role is to actually help dive into that a little bit and say, okay, you know, if you can't give your life freely, then, then where are you actually living in bondage and how can we look at that? Um, so that's kind of been like, that's been my motto. My women's staff team knows that. Um, a lot of my women in Ann Arbor know that. Um, it's just kind of this, like, it's almost like this, I think of it as sort of a battle cry of like, we are freed to fight and we've got to work for that, you know, on behalf of the Lord. So it seems like a tension that exists just in discipleship in general is we talk a lot about, you know, Hey, are you having your prayer time? Mm -hmm. Are you, um, worshiping Mm -hmm. and in freedom and in love and joy with the Lord and in spirit or are you not? And oftentimes if people are just trying harder in these areas, Mm -hmm. it just gets worse and worse sometimes. And there's something there that you're touching on, which is great, which is you have to look for the Lord to bring freedom for those areas to break through. Yeah. But if your discipleship is all hinging on you just doing a set of things and not living in freedom, Mm -hmm. It's just moralism, like Dan Keating was talking about yeah, in our first episode yeah. in the season. Yeah, definitely. And I, I, it's funny too. I know a lot of the women I have worked with know this is like a really common question I'll ask them is like, well, okay, that might, you know, we sort maybe they'll give me sort of here's something I'm struggling with. To me, I'm kind of like, okay, that's sort of on the, the outside oh, or the superficial level. I often am like, what do you think this is the root of that? You yeah. know, like asking questions that go deeper. And at the heart of that, I think that's really where deeper conversion happens. It's like, okay, let's go deeper. Where are you bound up? How can the Lord give you freedom there? And then what I've seen is that as people experience the freedom of the Lord in things, and I've seen, I've seen students experience this. It's like, whoa, I didn't even know that was there. And the Lord freed me from that. Um, And it's, yeah, they just never thought that that was sort of an issue for them. Yeah. And all of a sudden it's like, well, this is huge. This yeah. is like kind of unleashed me in a particular way. The whole concept of bondage is strange because sometimes the more you're in bondage, the harder it is to actually name it and yeah. to just recognize I'm not living in freedom now. I'm not living in the intent that God has for me. Mm. And it's very easy for us to lose sight of that. So how is it just asking questions? Like how do you mm. actually help people get to the root of their bondage. Yeah. 
great question. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Man, I mean, a lot of it's uh, like not to give the sort of cheesy answer, but it's really the Lord. Like (laughs) um, a lot of prayer, like often I just find the more that I pray for my women, the more I pray Mm. with my my students, Mm -hmm. the more the Lord seems to bring that up. Um, uh, I think one thing I have learned is... uh, encouraging vulnerability actually is a huge place to Mm -hmm. start within our small groups. When I'm just meeting up with students, um, I think if people don't feel like they have trust in a relationship, uh, so that they can actually be vulnerable with you, then these areas are never going to come out. Um, but the more that I've just said, like, man, I, you know, I'm just, I'm going to build this relationship so that, um, these they, women trust yeah, me and they can bring up things and they can bring up yeah. things. And then a lot of it's sort of also in my response when people bring up things, particularly if it's like, Hey, I'm living in sin in this particular place, or I'm really struggling with this, being able to respond to that, not in a place of judgment, um, but being able to just meet them there and say mm-hmm. like, okay. <laughs> and then speak the gospel to them, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. So, so yeah, I can think walking alongside people, building yep. trust, Asking the questions, but the 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 answers aren't going to come unless the trust is yeah. there. And then really so. praying for them. And then praying right? for them. Yeah. So there's this, it seems like there's these two tiers of ways we help students find freedom. People find freedom, which is one, the Lord just brings it and, and exposes it and calls it out of them. Mm. Then also we welcome people into relationships and in, in some ways in an environment of mm. people and a community that... Mm-hmm allows them to be open and vulnerable. I love what you said about one of the ways that they recognize that they're in bondage is just that they are able to talk about it yeah. and put it in the light and they realize, oh man, I don't feel confident to speak about this. I mean, I found that very much in my life when I first was going to bring up some areas of sin and I did not want to talk about it. Yeah. I realized it's because I'm not free. Yeah. If I was free, I'd be able to talk about it, mm. but I can't. Yeah. <laughs> and it, you know, having a, a place where other people that I trust and know me and I know they're not just going to cast me off because mm-hmm. of it, but rather preach the gospel to me, but also shine the light of God's law and like his intent and his plan for my freedom. It's a, it's a hard balance to find, right? Yeah. Cause we don't just want to say, Oh, God loves you. You can just keep living like that. Yeah. But also God has a plan and has his spirit yeah. available to you for freedom. Yeah. I, so we, in in Arbor, we've been doing mm-hmm. prayer for greater freedom with some of our students. And as I've been praying for them and looking to the Lord in this season. One of the scriptures I keep coming back to is the story of when Jesus raises Lazarus from the dead. And I think it's like more and more as I've reflected on, I think it's such a beautiful vision of, of this kind of idea of like discipleship and freedom, because, Mm. you know, when we talk about the Lord moving in our lives, we talk, you know, we often say, you know, Jesus didn't come to make, bad people good. Like he came to bring dead people alive. Yes, and and so it's like, so it does start with that. It starts with Jesus comes and he raises Lazarus from the dead, mm-hmm. which is like the biggest deal of that story. Pretty sweet. But then what's striking is he raises him from the dead and then Lazarus walks out. But then Jesus has to say to the people around him, unbind him because he still has like the grave clothes wrapped around mm-hmm. him. And Jesus looks to, I also think that's significant. He looks to the other people around him who are at the tomb and he says, wow, yeah. unbind him. And so it is like, I think sometimes we can think it's a one and done in our conversion or our life yes. with the Lord. 
And it's like, well, yeah, the Lord's brought us from death to life. Praise God. But there's still more in our lives that we need to kind of be unbound from or this like unraveling of the things of the world, the things of death, the things of sin that are just bound us, you know, or cling to us. And I think that is the work of the Lord, but he involves other people in Mm -hmm. that in our lives, in our communities. And that's why Christian community is so important. Yeah, that's a beautiful image. And Dan, you know, Dan, in his podcast on holiness, he was talking a lot about how the Lord brings us closer to Himself huh. and draws us to Himself, and then He also puts us in relationships and in a people that helps us become holy. Hmm. And that's a great image of yeah. Jesus was the one that literally raised Lazarus from the dead. Yeah. But then He actually needed the people that were there. He said, mm-hmm. "You go in and unbind yeah. Him." Yeah. And we have a responsibility, I guess, as mm-hmm. people who have been raised from the dead now to say we want to help unbind. Yeah. Other people from their grave cloths that they're yeah. uh, buried in. <laughs> yeah. That's great. Yeah. Maybe what, what are those like cloths that you're seeing, you know, binding up students right now? Or people yeah. that you student women that women in particular that you're mm-hmm. working with? Yeah. Uh a lot of it is sort of I would say the the first thing I often see is just lies, lies that we believe about mm-hmm. ourselves. Um And that can come in the form of a lot of different things. It's, you know, whether that's lies from the world, whether that's lies from things, you know, that we grew up with from our families, um, lies that the evil one has just sort of fed us over Mm -hmm. the course of our lives. Um, just these untruths that we've just sort of ingested and then they become part of us. And that's our motivation for a lot of the decisions Mm -hmm. that we make. Mm -hmm. Um, so I see that often lies of like, you know, whether it's, I'm not good enough, I'm not lovable, I'm, you know, X, Y, and Z. Um, And then the other one I see, I see a lot of shame. I see shame working on our students Mm. in, in a lot of different ways, often shame from whether it's sort of a a current pattern of sin they're struggling with, Mm. or even something from the past, like a past sin that they never really brought out into the light or, um, and that shame just eats away at them and keeps them from, um, yeah, bringing it out from the, the light. Lord, really. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it, it tells them like, this is so shameful. You're not good enough. You're not worthy of love. And so it acts as this block from actually receiving more of the Lord in their yeah. lives. Um, and then just fear. I think fears is the other one I see a lot. I think clearly very prevalent in our yeah. culture and society right now, but, um, yeah, different different fears that plague young people. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I think particularly fear that like their lives aren't going to measure up to, huh. to something. Yeah. Or the fear of missing out, FOMO. I mean, yeah, like it's yeah. like a it's someone like a, a hashtag meme right now, but yeah. like I think it's actually a real deep fear yeah. that drives a lot of people yeah. where they just don't want to miss something so mm-hmm. they'll just try to do as much as possible without actually yep. considering no, what matters to me? Mm-hmm. And when you make commitments and you you like mm-hmm. say yes to some things, it's going to mean you're going to miss out on others. Yeah. No, I think that's so. I think that is so true. You know, the other one I, um, the other one I just thought of. I also see this a lot. This is maybe more in um, students that I work with. Typically, I see it more in in people that grew up Christian. Yeah. Although it can totally happen in new Christians as well. But it's. It's the bondage of striving is the other one I see a lot. And it's just this, it links in, I think, with the podcast you did with Dan on holiness, 
but it's this lie that we believe that we have to earn God's love or we have to earn our own salvation and we have to work towards it. I see that a lot. (laughs) Um, But that just breaks down, that logic breaks down very quickly. And so it says like, you know, cool, if I do some good things and I'm I'm worthy of the Lord's love. But as soon as I slip up, you know, I'm just not, it's all gone. Um, And that will just really, really eat away at your heart. Yeah. (laughs) So... And so what do you think a people of freedom looks like? Like, what do you huh. look at in a community or a group of mm. believers that says like, no, these, this is a group of disciples that are marked by freedom. Mm. Vulnerability seems like one of yeah, the initial no, ones that pops to my mind. Vulnerability, I think um, probably goes hand in hand with vulnerability. I would say confidence. There's a particular way when you, when you're in relationship with someone and you're speaking with someone you can see a certain confidence in their identity mm-hmm. in the Lord mm-hmm. um, where it's like, it's clear your identity is in the Lord and not in something else, yes. you know, in the way that you can be yourself and the way you can kind of present yourself and be in relationship vulnerably. Um, huh. uh, that would definitely be a big one. I think you can, you can see it, um, but also you see it in service again. I think going back to this idea, like we're free to fight. So when people are really, fighting for the kingdom when people are really laying their lives down generously and really laying their lives down in service to me that's a sign of freedom because it says you're free enough to give generously actually um yeah there's not you're not kind of always just looking to protect yourself or like uh, or worried about what other people are thinking of you or worried about making a fool of yourself or worried that you don't have enough energy or you know worried about sharing your resources or different things like this. There's, there's a confidence in the Lord and a freedom that says I can serve and the Lord's going to take care of it. Yeah. It's it's a, it's like an abundance mentality that's Mm -hmm. based on, man, God's got so much love. It's not like I need to fight, you know, the people around me to kind of Mm -hmm. gain it. And I know that if they're earning it more than me, it's going to be less for me, but no, this is so abundant that I don't have to worry. Yeah. Uh, That definitely marks a group of people. Yeah. One of the ones that always I always laugh about and look for is when you have groups of people where everyone's really free to be themselves, mm-hmm. and you just have a a like a mixing pot of yeah. very different personality types, <laughs> yeah. very different interests and like uh, ways of communicating and mm-hmm. things that they get into. Uh, I love the image of the church being a place that shouldn't exist apart from the freedom and the life of Jesus living in each of them, bringing them into that relationship. Uh, so I always look for, you know, in, when, as we're serving our students in UCO, uh, as we're uh, looking to build up the body of Christ, is how much do I just see people being themselves and yeah. like real space for that? Yeah. And I think joy comes hand in hand with that as well. Of like, I think a people who are, marked by freedom are yeah. going to be marked by joy. Yeah. Um, which again, I think is really, uh, uh, helpful for our time right now is like, yeah. you know, people that are free can still be joyful even in the midst of <laughs> craziness, you yeah. know, and severe disruption or real trial. Um, if you're actually really free from the fears of the world or, you know, whatever, then you can still, live out of joy in your relationships with each other. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Particularly joy being just like you being who God made yeah. you to be. Yeah. You're not, you're not having to, you know, in the times of coronavirus base 
your identity off of having people you can spend a lot of time with mm -hmm. and having a broad set of relationships, which is just one of these things that's next to impossible right yeah. now to hold up. Uh, but you can, I think, more deeply root it in the Lord and then be more available to those close to you. Mm -hmm. At least that's what I've been fighting with and finding the Lord, you yeah. know, bringing freedom in my own life of how do I just be available to the guys I live with right now mm -hmm. and bring God's joy and life to them uh, abundantly. Our staff team, I think, is yeah. another, another example. Well, thanks, Bridget. These thoughts are uh, inspiring. My, I really hope for our audience, you know, that they, one, recognize areas that they're bound up in, but then also mm -hmm. look to the Lord who brings about true freedom and then surrounds himself with people mm. that can it bring that about yeah. and can actually unbind them in a, in a certain way that can mm. pray with them, that can speak the Lord's truth into their life. Mm. Amen. Um, how do you think people find that? I don't know. Like what would, you, what would your thoughts be for someone who's on a college campus that they're, mm. they don't have a, a community of people like this? Mm. Um, I think, uh, well, one starting with prayer and <laughs> Often, yeah. you know, when I, I've had times in my life where I've said, you know, I think, I think I'm experiencing some bondage right now and I don't actually even know where it is. Yeah. And so I'll just pray, Lord, would you highlight the areas in my life? Clearly something's holding me down right now. And I, you know, put your finger on it for me. And I think that can be a really powerful prayer to, to pray and ask yeah, the Lord to highlight definitely. those areas of your heart that need to kind of be exposed to him, but also praying that the Lord would put people in your life. Yeah you can share that vulnerably with, um, and being quick to seek those people out, yeah. you know, and like looking for a Christian community that's by you and being proactive and, um, yeah. And initiating and saying like, I need to build yeah. some friendships with other Christians who are like-minded, who can be my brothers and sisters and catch my blind spots, yeah. or I can share these areas with, um, so yeah, being quick to pray about it, but also quick to to seek out relationships like yeah. that. And then if you have relationships like that, stepping out in faith and in courage and saying, I need to share this, you know, yeah. and having faith that the Lord can cover you through your brothers and sisters. Yeah. One of the only ways we can sow vulnerability into our relationships is to start it with yeah. it. You know, we can't demand yeah. it from other people if we're not willing to give it. So stepping out in faith and saying, well, yeah. I'm going to start being vulnerable, yep. knowing that mm -hmm. that's going to open it up. Yeah. Me. And I've seen that. I was actually just talking with, mm. with Dan Keating the other day about small group dynamics. Yeah. And um, I've also seen that happen. Sometimes you get these challenging small groups where it's just superficial yes. surface level sharing. And you think, why the heck am I here? <laughs> um, <laughs> my experience has been, it actually usually just takes one person in the small group to kind of just suck it up and say, I'm going to step out and yeah. share my life in a really vulnerable way. That often has a really powerful domino effect because someone else is like, oh crap, wow. Yeah. You know, yeah. they just shared a really big thing. They experienced love and support in it. I should do that. Yeah. Um, so I've seen that happen. Good. Well, let's pray that it happens on our campuses. <laughs> Amen. Whether we realize it or not, we all need greater freedom in our lives from the world or our flesh or the devil. Um, unfortunately, it looks like different things and different areas of our life at different points. So my question for all of us 
is where does the Lord want greater freedom for you? Where are you striving and not finding that your strength is enough? Where do you need the Lord to break in and bring freedom? Do you find areas where you're afraid or fearful? Areas of your life where you experience real shame or guilt? You lack confidence. You're not finding joy in that part of your life. I know that God wants to give you freedom. He wants to give you freedom so that you can then bring that freedom to others. So if you're seeing anything in your life that you think the Lord wants to bring freedom in, I want you to ask in prayer. Right right after this podcast ends, turn to the Lord in prayer and ask for greater freedom in that particular area that you need. Also, I encourage you to surround yourself in a community that can pray with you and can help you live vulnerably. Be bold in reaching out to somebody this next week who you trust and can support you in finding freedom that Christ has. So where are you seeing the Lord bringing freedom in your life? Where might you be seeing the Lord bring freedom in the broader world? Uh, I want to know. Uh, Let us know by sending an email to riseandlivepod at gmail.com or reach out to us on Instagram at riseandlivepodcast. We want to hear from you and let us know how you're seeing the Lord break in with freedom in this world. We'll be back again in two weeks with another episode. Peace. Peace.